0: Sophie, thank you so much for for the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Um, Another Body is an incredible film, um, heart wrenching and and certainly timely. Um, h- how did you get involved with with Taylor's story?
1: Yeah, well, thank you for that. Firstly, it's yeah, means a lot to to know when it connects with people. Um, so Ruben was researching. 4chan and the alt-right communities and came across deepfakes and um and instantly like saw the potential for for this and the potential for this to be a kind of violence against women issue, um, got in touch with me, um and we, yeah, both just saw from the very beginning that this one had the potential to cause enormous damage, but two, like wasn't being represented. The reality on the ground was so much worse and and different from what was being talked about in the media. Like When it did hit the media the first time, it was all about threats to geopolitics, threats to democracy, and political instability. And we saw, based on these horrible threads, that it really was acting as a violence against women issue and that um, women were being targeted. And I think that from the very beginning, we felt really like, in, uh, what's the word? Propelled to do something about it, propelled to tell the story. We we saw the absolute lack of survivor voices like in the public conversation and also like really wanted to approach this both as filmmakers and activists and having both of those two things really happening alongside each other. Um, and, you know, I think it would be impossible for either of us, like in terms of the way that we approach storytelling to just unquote," tell the story and it felt like there was so much more that we wanted to do around this issue which we have done and and the kind of storytelling and taylor's um work has been you know such a core cool, his voice has been such a core cool part of that uh,
0: it really is remarkable and i mean certainly just just on the topic of ai right now i mean it's this everybody's talking about it it's burst forth this year in a reality And we see everything from you know people making johnny cash sing taylor swift songs or you know see tom cruise be be this be in terminator or so you know all of these things are are happening um i was wondering for you both what are we missing what are we missing in this conversation because obviously this is this is focused on taylor's story but to pull it back a little bit before we focus on her but
2: what are we missing when we're not talking about ai to you well i I think the thing that we're really really missing is is um patience everyone is these companies are like racing ahead um to kind of be the the dominant company in in ai and i think the the upshot of that is is that there's not enough time is being taken to sort of consider the implications of everything that is being done um, in the same way that we didn't sort of legislate um, social media companies when they came about. They were too new and they were racing to sort of again be the dominant companies. And and we really established some pretty uh, uh, pernicious practices in the way that we interact with our phones. And this is the next uh, paradigmatic shift in the way that we live our lives uh, due to technology in the last 10 years with the potential to be so much worse. Uh, we're at a point where people AI is so poorly understood by the general public and by policymakers, um, and there's no way that we can can really put uh, p- proper protections in in place to ensure that AI ends up being something which uh, largely benefits society rather than causes a huge amount of harm. Um, AI is, you know, there are so many distinctions between it. We have had AI as as part of our lives for the last five, ten years, even if we don't realize it. Um, mm-hmm but uh, these like new forms of like chat GPT and AI image generation uh, um, AIs is what really brought, caught the public's attention and what's why so much attention is being paid to it right now. You know, deepfake technology is a an AI, it's an adversarial AI, which is like different from um, like large language models like chat GPT. And it comes with its own ethical complications and own potential harms and risks. Um, but we really have to sort of like individuate the different uh, parts of ai these new technologies which are which are growing and sort of assess each one with uh thought and care and and real consideration of, of what the impacts on society might be and ensure protections are in place uh to to ensure sort of public safety
1: Yeah, i think for me it's like really important for us to understand ai a bit better and like obviously we've been looking into this for a while now but we're still getting to grips with it and i think that we all are but we do need to understand the difference between um the difference between some of the models that Ruben's expressed and like un- kind of demystify. De- demystify. It's an algorithm, it's got a specific purpose. So it, you know, even like the really big algorithms, large language models, they're predicting what the next word is based on previous examples. It's all based on previous examples, based on the data set predictive technology. So the actual thing itself isn't the scary thing. It's the way in which it might be used and the scale of the, the data that's being fed to it and how much we trust it and how much we give of ourselves. And so we're really passionate about like splitting off things like you know chat gpt which has scraped like hundreds of millions of words from across the internet where there's issues about consent issues about ownership issues about rights and then also if we're using that to like write essays to do this to do that like that's really concerning and what that could what that could do in terms of how information is being disseminated is a huge revolution however with the case of deepfakes and especially deepfaking taylor you know, in our case, every single image that went into the the source data set and then the face fail data set that was put on top of um, Taylor's face to protect her was generated with consent. And that application, that AI cannot do anything other than make the deepfake that we'd asked of it. So the ethical question there is really not about, we don't really believe that there is an ethical question there because consent was generated at every point of the process. It doesn't have existential threats. So yeah, we really, really need to like all educate ourselves way more so that we can separate the really scary stuff from the not so scary stuff and not be in a moral panic mentality
0: well i mean that's a great point i mean the last indiana jones film had harrison ford de-aged 40 years but that was part of part of his it's certainly i'm forgive me for the comparison but it's consented it's sort of like yes this is part of part of what this particular film calls for but you know what we see now is is the relationship to the image since the internet took over i guess now roughly 25 years ago our relationship to the image has shifted yeah and, and it's fascinating and terrifying because it feels like we we have we think we own the rights to yeah. another person's image just because we've done something with it yeah know. and listening to this story with taylor is absolutely a gut punch
1: And I think that one of the things that AI does is that because it's so powerful as a tool, it's accelerating conversations that were already there. So it's because of because now you can scan someone's face and then that could be used as a data set to be applied, you know, forever, infinitely. So that's so powerful. And it's not necessarily the scanning of the face, it's the problem, because if that's done within a really like boundary framework and within consent, that's fine. But it's the potential for us, we just don't have frameworks around that. And I think as you say, it it's like forcing us to have this deeper question, which we should have already been having with social media, as Ruben mentioned, and we should have already had. Been having in in many other contexts around what is our digital identity what is our digital image do we have rights and ownership over that and the way that you know the internet has been constructed in many ways for good reasons because we have memes we have image sharing we have the proliferation of images and the fact that we can all screen grab again and again and again and no one would want to like ham you know dampen that like incredible capacity and virality and all of that but you know fundamentally when someone's image is being attacked in the way that Taylor's is like, we really need to create like a fundamental uh, situation of rights over that.
2: And totally, I mean, I will just like clarify, at least from my perspective, we're not, you know, I, I still think you can like the, the right to sort of like satire and parody with deep fake technology where consent ne- isn't maybe necessary, but it really depends on a case by case basis. Like if you were intending to violate someone uh, without their consent, it's a, it's a very big issue, but you know, deep fake technology, as long as it's correctly labeled as a deep fake, it's like very evidently like satire, then that that is, you know, there's no ethical issue with that. It's just a new form of doing um, uh, like uh, old, you know, satire cartoons. Um, but with a, it's just, it's very important that, that what is, it's how it's being presented to the public is is really clearly clear, uh, like obvious. And so it's not being used as like misinformation. It's just being used for it uh, um, uh, as, as It's only being used in a way which is intended to in a way that doesn't sort of cause damage to someone's reputation or um, emotional well being or um, physical well being. You
0: know, and you say physical well being I think this is this is one of the things that's most fascinating about this particular story is is you see the relationship with with the judicial system. You see the relationship with the police, and so you have this young woman who has had her face put on another young woman and it's now irrelevant whether or not that other young woman has been consensual in these sexual acts is because taylor's face is now on top of them and and the police are saying well it wasn't you you know yeah. it and it 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 is just absolutely heart-wrenching to hear her tell her story in, in that regard, and and I guess this is this is one of the things I'm I'm curious about is, you know, what is that tension? What is that tension between the, because they're not, and I'm I'm using air quotes here, breaking any laws? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to use any filters on my, on my, on my Zoom. It was a celebration. All, back, a sudden. You know? <laughs> all of a sudden, the confetti falls. That's the opposite point I'm trying to make. <laughs> that was terrible timing. But I mean, they're not quote unquote breaking yeah. laws, <laughs> but they are violating. Taylor and her, and, and she's not the only one. What do we do about this?
1: Well, that's why we do believe that there needs to be a deep fake law because law enforcement are never going to do anything, police are never going to do anything um, if there's not a law in the book saying that this is unacceptable content. And also, we need to draw like a cultural line in the sand and say to the next generation of young men, like this is not this is illegal content. You should not be watching it. You should not be sending it to your friends because it's being normalized right now. There are 14 million people a month going on the biggest deep fake porn websites, and lots of them maybe aren't even necessarily aware. When we've been, you know, aware that this is how abusive this is and aware of the cost to women in society. Like in our research and talking about this to people, a lot, you know, people have admitted that they watch it, people have been like, it's not really a big deal. You know, we hear that not a lot, but a, a fair amount, you know. And so that is essential. Plus, you know, this is about misogyny. And and even if it's not illegal content, it's about we would expect the police to be respectful enough of women's agency and identity and and consent that they would at least be a supportive, um, you know, a supportive presence at the end of the phone. And that's obviously the furthest thing from the truth. Like, every person we've spoken to we haven't spoken to a single person that's had a good experience with the police literally not one and the minimization and the victim blaming is 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 kind of absolutely everywhere and i think we also thought that deep fakes were gonna stop the victim or we're gonna reveal the victim blaming for what it is because taylor you cannot build any kind of argument that she called this upon herself in, in any way shape or form she was completely oblivious to any to any of these practices but also, that's when it does still come down to consent, because even if she'd been a sex worker, even if she'd sent you know nude images to Mike, none of that makes it justifiable, makes it okay. So we really need to educate around consent in our society.
0: Um, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, one of the things I love about this film is Taylor herself, because she's such a strong young woman in so many ways, and having been you know beaten down and and so many ways and continuing to to try and and solve this herself in so many ways. But there's there's a wonderful line that is said in the film. I wanted to hear what you thought of it. It's shame is a form of silencing you. And -hmm. I was just wondering what you thought about about that.
2: Um, I mean, one of the things we really wanted to explore in in this film is how deep fakes and all sorts of uh, online gendered harassment, harassment against women online uh, has this effect where women withdraw from participating in on in the online space on social media. Um, and that sort of results in women being fearful of pursuing careers in politics and journalism or the entertainment industry uh, because they know that by being in the public eye uh, they're gonna be be harassed for it. it's just it's just, it's just the reality of the situation. Um, and you know historically, sex has always been a weapon used to sort of shame women and so deep fakes is just the newest like tool to do that um uh and we we think that it's that's why it's so powerful for someone like Taylor to tell her story because she's refused to be silenced by this she refused to be shamed by it you know and she's given so much of herself to this project to get the word out there to try and change the landscape um and and not just allow us to sort of sit back and and um uh allow these sort of like bad actors on the Internet to prevent, you know, h- half of our population from freely participating in, in um, on online forums.
1: And, and thinking about it from another perspective, like thinking about the motivations behind uh, what we is, what we can read from what people are saying on these forums. And it's actually a really complex picture because, you know, it's not only the kind of quote unquote revenge porn stereotype of, um, you know, people being spurned and therefore trying to target someone like it does seem that there is this like vitriolic, like aggressive intent because people post people's location. There's like pile on harassment, trying to get multiple people to contact one person, you know, whatever people say their motivation is like that is violent and that is unbelievably aggressive. But there was also on these forums, this real, just sense of entitlement over female bodies and sense of ownership. And actually, sometimes it's quite complex because sometimes it's almost like a parasocial relationship going on where it's like a celebrity and they feel kind of connected or identified, or they're part of the tribe of that, you know, ASMR artist. Like some of the people that target GB they almost like venerate her adore her maybe you know feel sexually attracted to her and so it's a it's a real complex mix of of different things going on but the thing that does unite all of it is entitlement like and, and specifically male entitlement over female bodies and these communities online are, are allowing that that sentiment to fester in ways that you know i think are really really worrying because it feels like me too has done an incredible has, has has opened the the doors in in so many ways for women to speak out about their experiences and that felt like such a paradigm shift but these are pockets in a way of resistance to that and they're trying to yeah put those voices back in the box i guess it,
0: it, yeah i mean this is you're absolutely right this is we when we hear these stories and you just hear this there there's this aggressive almost rage and, and and this is why I go back to to the idea of, of the, our relationship to the image because I think you know for the last twenty five years we've just sort of said I made it I own it and it doesn't matter if it's a, another uh, a celebrity or if it's someone you know or something you can take an image and you put it and 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 all of a sudden it's it's somehow different we've separated the person from the image.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we hear that in this film with with Taylor's story, is it sort of like, yeah, well, I, she she ticked me off, and uh, so I, I'm taking her face essentially, and and it's oh my gosh, it gets me so, gets me upset, <laughs> it gets me really mad. <laughs>
1: of like you know, for I mean, you know, you can't really. It's hard to generalize too much about the people on these forums, because what we've also found is that it's not the people that you would expect. It's not only some like sad person living in a basement with no job and no prospects, etc. You know, as uh, Danielle Citroen says in the film, it's like the mayor of a small town in Denmark. It's a professor. It's a teacher. It's, you know, it, it, it's it's a much wider group of people than than you think. But it's also it's an unbelievably cowardly way to target someone. And it's because you know and and it's it's hidden and it's behind closed doors and at very little risk to yourself because you're anonymous and you can use a VPN and things like that and so i think so i think that in a way that heartens me because maybe in another era in another time um mike would have wouldn't have had this this um wouldn't would have had to try a different tactic to harm taylor but what really sticks is that if we could shut down these sites, if we as society weren't weren't upholding and um, aiding and abetting this abusive practice, I would think this is a great sign that all of the horrendous people of the world haven't really got any, you know, what's, what's Mike going to do in the real world? You know what I mean? Like, what can you do? Like, give us all you've got. But the fact that we are creating um, an internet landscape but because Pornhub isn't taking this seriously because Google is literally driving traffic to these sites because these these sites and these communities are growing and thriving it's just giving this this whole new generation the the capacity to harm women in a new way
0: it's uh it's unbelievable and it's heartbreaking and I know we're we're out of time, but I'm, I'm so grateful for the chance to speak to you both. Um, this is a really important issue and a really important film. And thank uh, I thank you so much, Ruben and Sophie, for the chance to chat with you about it.
1: Thank you so much, so
0: much Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the conversation and I appreciate um, your like allyship on this subject. Really, it, feel, it means the world.
0: I appreciate that too. Thank you, that means a lot. Uh, have a great day. <laughs> Hurry, I'm here to stop